Welcome back, everybody. My name is JW, and I am here. A little bit of role reversal with my good pal, Riley Holbert. Riley, how are you doing today? How was San Jose? I mean, San Jose is still good. Hello. I'm actually still there. Um, so for those of you watching on video, you can see I have this kind of ugly background. <laughs> That's my hotel room. It's actually a, a nice hotel, but uh, when it's dimly lit behind me, because I wanted my face to be lit. Um, yeah. It's kind of gross. But yeah, it's really nice. It's a little chillier than I thought it would be, okay. uh, which is kind of a bummer. But it's been good. We went to the we went to Monterey yesterday, which is kind of like mm -hmm. a touristy beach town. I uh, got to see some sea lions, um, went to a really nice restaurant, and I've been getting a lot of work done too, so. Insane. That's that's amazing. What kind of projects are you working on in San Jose that you couldn't have otherwise uh, done in Wisconsin? Um, I'm working on an install project, so um, the customers out here in San Jose. I actually just traveled last week to San Antonio as well. Very cool. Very cool. What have you been up to, my friend? Well, I had a very, you know, sad weekend where attended my grandmother's funeral. But uh, beyond that, you know, just had some. Yeah, I hate to be a downer. Um, <laughs> Condolences. From I, know, I know, I know, I uh, know. Thank you. And then I, you know, had a concert this weekend, and this week I'm just getting ready for, you know, for the tournament this weekend. This upcoming. There's a tournament this weekend. Say what? Wait, what? Well, you're not even going. <laughs> You're not even going, so you're like you have every reason to feel like that. I I only have one additional weekend until Portland, you know. Yeah, but you get to see the whole meta game and make you know better choices. Like we're all blind. We've I can we've... make better choices, but like I need to know the cards they have to have gathered, right? Because you can't right just assemble all the pieces of Exodia <laughs> in a week. That's true. That's true. Okay, so like, what are you? What's a card that you're worried about having to buy? That you don't um, have yet. I think I've taken care of most of it by now. There was like a lot of weird stuff, especially um, for like Mewtwo focus decks. And I was like, wait, I don't have this card crap. The <laughs> whack, like, dude. I don't know if you're still high on the Guardi deck. I've kind of like weaned off of it a little bit, but um, I had all these really nice full art Mega Guardies, and I, I guess I sold them at some point because I could not find them. <laughs> It was really frustrating. Oh, I can't believe you sold them like recently. That's the that's the sad thing, you know. I you would have sold have them before I. You must moved, have bulked them. But it wouldn't have been that long ago either. Yeah, you must have bulked them. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even bulk them, but I sold them with like a bunch of EXs when I was short on cash. I feel that. I feel. It. Yeah, that's a shame. I I still have my pile of Mega Guardies here. So if you're going. To Portland, and you need a Mega Guardi to play my deck. You know what? I'll give you a smoking deal. I even got a couple full arts here, so you know. Let me know. Hit me up if you need the bling. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're ridiculous. Yeah, but then there's like the obscure cards too from YouTube decks, right? Like random stuff, like the Greninja from Detective Pikachu is kind of expensive for whatever reason, and the boxes are randomly hard to find, even though the box was horrible up until now. Sure, um, absolutely. And like the Mewtwo text can go so far in all sorts of directions. So, you know, who knows what you actually could buy. Yeah. Deck, so. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. There's a lot of like moving pieces and like there's so many texts, right? So if you 
if the metagame goes one way, then you like definitely want to include this card that you otherwise wouldn't have put in. Uh, it's definitely a very variable deck from, you know, I mean, it just has the room. It has the options. Uh, so that's very cool. So yeah, for sure. So, so let's just get right down to it, Riley. You don't have a tournament this weekend. I mean, I'm going to go to Virginia. You're not going to go to Virginia. You are going to go to Portland. Um, but from kind of this... I don't know. You're not in the middle of things. Like you're, you don't have to make a decision this weekend. So you maybe don't have as much of, you know, the stress that maybe another player would, uh, who is playing this weekend. You know, who's trying to figure out, right. Oh, what do I play? What do I do? Uh, what text should I add? What would you say, you know, coming back, you, you no pressure on you, right? Cause whatever choice <laughs> you would say for the weekend, like nothing hurts, right? You can't, you can't go Oh three drop, but what would you say is the deck to play for Virginia? It's, I'm still kind of on the fence. I feel like if I was going to Virginia, I would be basically waiting until the last minute to press submit on my deck list because I'm feeling so unsure. There's a lot of decks that I like. I can go over some of those. Um, I used, I'm kind of, I kind of like the Mewtwo deck, but I feel like it has too big of a problem against the, like the Ungabunga turbo decks. Sure. Um, kind of scares me a little bit. Um, so other than that, though, decks that I'm liking, I, I hate Archie's as a deck, but I think it has a ton of options. So if you're comfortable with the deck, I think it's really good. Um, I've really been liking Zoro Control as a deck. I think it's really fun and has a lot of really powerful things it can do. And then kind of Zoro Garb is also rising again on my radar. Um, and I know that's like kind of stupid coming from me as, as like a huge Zoro like fanboy but sure. um it's a deck that keeps coming back to me and i'm like well you know wow that's strong garbador is strong zark is good like <laughs> dude i know it that that's exactly kind of like what i've been telling people is like zorgarb is not something that i've ruled out because you get to play wow you get to play zork you get to play sudowudo um you get to play you know garbadors of, of both variety like there are just so many good like inherently good and strong cards that the deck can play and does utilize very well that it feels like a strong deck heading into the regionals even though it's been kind of under the radar i would say i you know certainly in like the first you know maybe a month ago like i didn't see anybody talk about zorgarb and now in the last week or two it's kind of picked up steam yeah i mean there's so much that I personally like about Zorak decks. I like the element of like micro decisions and the amount of draw that you get with trade. I like the ability locking aspects that Zoro provides. I like the consistency that it has. There's just so much that goes on that can go right when you play Zorak. With the downside, I think in the current format is that being an evolution is definitely a weakness. It puts a little bit of a target on you. But sure. I don't know, like. For every game where Archie gets a turn one cross divide, something horrible can happen as well. Um, Archie, I think Archie and Mewtwo being the main like anti-evolving decks, but you can also play. I mean, you can play stuff like uh, you know, just a Mew even can greatly help with that that lost boomerang threat. Sure. So, and whereas with Archie's like one thing that really changed my opinion about cross divide is if you need to attach anything but a psychic to get the archies off you can't turn one cross divide right and that alone like completely changes the dynamic of the deck the dynamic sure. right so you need to be able to attach a psychic turn one with your manual um so you need to if you have two energy in hand pre 
Archie, you could easily whip that. Right. Um, right. And kind of the thing, the thing that I've been seeing too, is like, you know, the lists that are, you know, the lists that are very popular right now are playing only the one psychic and only the one Espeon Deoxys. So like you're relying on kind of that one, one line to, to get the, the turn one off. It just doesn't feel that consistent. And I mean, certainly it's not as just a one, one line, but, um, Archie's, I, I do feel, you know, if you get that turn one uh, Archie's off, then I would say 90% of the games, you're getting a turn two cross divide. That's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. You know, it's definitely that second second turn, but, um, right. you know, you give your opponent that one turn uh, to, you know, set up to get their stuff out um, and to, you know, be able to maybe roll with the punches. Right. And I think there's there's like two sides to the cross divide. If you ask me, there's the there's the, you know, snipe three basics element of it, which obviously that's insane and kind of the reason that people think it's so crazy. Um, and you need that to happen. Turn one going second, or I guess turn two going first is fine as well. Um, but then the, the other element of it, which doesn't really matter when in the game you get it, is it's like snipe two shamans with a guillotine thing or something. Um, or a... Uh, Volcanium Prism spread. Sure. And that is kind of game state irrespective as long as they have two shamans down. So against stuff like Night March, against stuff like even Zark can be susceptible to this. Um, any sort of like turbo deck can be susceptible, like turbo dark, it can easily happen to them. Um, it's, and that kind of, that's a huge prize swing too. We were talking about, um, I don't know if it was you and me or me and Brady, we're talking about some Night March matchups. And we're like, oh, well, you can, you know, you should be able to beat the two, the multi-prizes and Archies. And then we were like, well, wait, if you have two Shamans down, they can trade so unfavorably and just take like, trade like four for two on the initial prize trade and then just go four prizes on Shaman, uh, GG. <laughs> so, right. Um, so I, that element of Press Divide is kind of, is also very scary and not the one that's really talked about very often. Sure, the light um, game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still like, Archie's is still crazy though. Um, and when it works, it, it works unbelievably so. Personally for me, no matter how good Archie's is in the meta, I am kind of averse to playing it though, because I don't like putting that much of my tournament and my games into just a, a turn one, you know, like you basically know if you're gonna win or lose in a turn or two with Archie's. Yeah. Whereas like Zorak decks like Zoro Garb, you might have an additional Couples prizes, couple turns. You always have antoxin as <laughs> like an out. Sure, sure. Yeah, that can that can pretty much cripple anything. Right. So, so that's why that's personally why I'm coming back to it a little bit. Um, but I mean, realistically, I don't have anything set in stone. Even if I was playing in Virginia this weekend, um, and I'm looking to like getting as much experience as possible, be that you know personally that I can watch Virginia or working with my friends to determine before Virginia, what the best play is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, just outlining those those three decks, are there, you know, certainly something that a lot of people are looking to is some type of control deck. Um, you know, you have Zora control, you have, I would put Sableye in this control, you have Honchcrow control. What are you kind of feeling right now is, is the, the metagame is, shifting or, or progressing what, what are people saying in the community about the control decks 
And do you think people are going to, I don't know if there's really a tech for them, but do you think people are going to try to accommodate uh, and build their decks in a way to better handle control? Um, I don't know if control decks are in the best place, uh, at least in the traditional sense of, you know, long drawn out control games, mostly because I think Archie's is really scary for those decks. Yeah. Um, included. And I don't know if there's a good way to play around it. Like to basically to be Archie's, you have to play a Garbodor, right? Um, but Sableye, that Garbodor can easily be wiped off the board pretty quickly. Um, and Zora Control can't really afford the space to dedicate to Garbodor as a control element. So that doesn't really work either. Um, I think a lot of people were really into those control decks because they like the idea of spamming reset stamp, of spamming chip chip, um, kind of abusing those degenerate um, combos. But the um, the meta and the feeling that people have had towards these decks has seemed to have shifted back towards um, not being the premier deck choice for this weekend. So I'm not a huge fan of traditional control decks. I like Zora Control a lot, but I think the wild card of these turbo decks is just too much to handle right now. And I would rather play something that can either provide tempo or all out turbo the decks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you think that the control decks have a very uh, tough time meeting things like Archie's. Do you think they have a tough time meeting things like turbo dark? It depends on the control deck, I think. Um, but there's like so many games where turbo dark can set up with like, not a ton of terrible bench sitters and just have a bunch of good Pokemon on the board all loaded up with energy. And at that point, you basically have to like Articuno, Toxin, end them, or you have to um, I just pull up something horrible and hope it sticks or crushing hammer heads a bunch of times. And Turbodark just has a ton of move maneuverability and has a ton of things on the board that can attack with. So that also doesn't feel super good either. Um, unless you somehow wipe energy off an attacker and trap it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, okay, very good. So what would you play? What would you play for the weekend? Um, I, I think gun to my head right now, I would probably play Zorogar. I would need to iron out a list because I'm not fully confident in any list that I have yet. But I think it's just a really safe archetype. Um, with second place probably just being my own Turbo Dark, I'd I know the deck has a ton of weaknesses, but I just the the concept of playing Turbo Dark, it just feels relatively safe. Like you can get points no matter what, or maybe not no matter what, but like it feels like a decent deck to get points with because you can just out Turbo and wipe your opponents off the board. And even if you don't get points, your turn will probably be over pretty quickly. So <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Because you know, honestly. It feels way better to go 0-3 drop than it does to go 5-4. Fair enough, right. You've you've gone, you know, 5-3, and then you're playing that last round, and you're like, man, if I win, I get, you know, top 64, 128, whatever it's going to be. And then you play it out, a lose, a heartbreaker. That that always <laughs> sucks. Because you, like, haven't eaten yeah. the whole day. If you're me, you, like, haven't eaten the whole day. Um, you've been <laughs> You've been questioning your deck choice since round two. 
You know? <laughs> as soon as you took the first loss yeah. in like round two, you're like, how could I have ever played this horrible deck? You know? Right. And then, you know, when you go, when you have tournaments that are like five, four, it's like very rarely do you go five Oh, and then four losses. It's like this weird up and down where it's like you win one, lose one, win two, lose one. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like always on the edge of your seat of whether the tournament will work out or not. <laughs> yeah, the cheeks are always clenched. <laughs> so I would just, if I'm playing Turbo Dark, you know, if I go 5-4, at least every round will be like lightning. Yeah. But more, more realistically, I'll probably just go wiped off the tournament like insanely early. <laughs> sure. So. Sure. So, um, so I, I, to follow up with that, you you know what do you what do you expect to see as a player and i guess also the second question not necessarily related but uh, if you were to take a turbo deck like turbo dark maybe like picaram um maybe ray something or even archies i guess to some extent what do you find are some of the weaknesses of the deck that maybe other people will try to exploit yeah, I think it depends from Turbo Deck to Turbo Deck what the weaknesses are. Um, so Turbo Dark is really weak to one prize decks in general. It doesn't have a good way to trade into one prizers besides Baby Mew, but Baby Mew isn't that easy to power up consistently either. So even if you play two of them, it's kind of difficult to consistently get them out and powered up. Sure. Uh, I mean, I've heard some people talk about Energy Switch. I, I personally don't like Energy Switch because, you know, Otherwise, there's only one way to get a Mew powered up in one turn, and that's to hit a Max Elixir or two Max Elixir, hit a Max Elixir and get an attachment. Uh, that can always be kind of tough. I would just, for the people that are considering maybe putting in a, an energy switch, I, I probably wouldn't. Um, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, what I would agree with you, and, and because I think that with these turbo decks, you're better off just streamlining it as much as possible saying, forget about everything else. I'm just going to be the most turbo, the most powerful version of these decks and work with that, you know, instead of trying to be fancy with tag switch, energy switch, mm -hmm. um, at least in, in dark variants. Um, so yeah, I mean, these, but they all have different weaknesses. So dark is really weak to those one prizers, even with the Muse, like they have so much multi-prize junk on the board that stuff like Nightmarch, stuff like, buzz garb can easily just pick at them and and kind of eat those decks alive um archies is of course weak to ability lock weak to item lock um at least i mean especially if they whiff archies the item lock is a, literally a, a game sealer at that point usually um and then pikaram i don't know if pikaram has any overt obvious weaknesses that just completely take it down um, I guess fighting decks, kind of like Hitmonwab, Buzzgarb, are kind of the the biggest call offender there. And I don't think many Picaroms are playing Flash Energy at this point, because it feels not super necessary for the current metagame. Maybe that'll change, because I'm sure fighting decks are rising on people's radars as a result of Turbo Dark and Picarom being viable decks. But for now, I don't think Flash Energy is like a premier card in the deck. So... Yeah, I think, I think in general it depends, but I mean, if we're looking at counters, stuff like Buzzgarb, like Plant or Shrine, Hitmonwob is kind of the traditional like countery strategies. Um, I think Wob in general is really good against these turbo decks to, if there's one like unifying card that's good against all of them. Um, I mean, Archies cannot function under Wob. They have to escape rope it or repel it turn one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I've had games 
on my stream with Turbo Dark where I said, oh, my opponent started Wob. I don't even feel like playing it. I'm just going <laughs> to And like, well, and that's really interesting because I've found with those decks is that they just lose, like they get, they get hated out by Mewtwo. Like those decks just get bodied to the, you know, umpteenth degree by, by Mewtwo Guardi. Um, and so it's this weird, like, you know, rock, paper, scissors, like Turbo Dark, uh, loses to Hitmonwob, loses to Guardi, loses to Turbo Dark, you know, and, and you find yourselves in these weird triangles where it's like, well, this deck is really good, but it loses to this deck, but then it loses to this deck, but then it loses, to, you know, and all this and around and around and around. Totally. And then, and that's a, that's a good way to segue back into your first question about what do I think will be the most popular and I do think turbo strategies are generally the most popular. I think people like those strategies first and foremost. And I think they're the safest strategies because they're the least reliant on what other things are playing. Sure. So turbo can always like out turbo other decks out of the game and just roll over them. Whereas stuff like Hitmon Wob or Buzz Shrine is super, you know, they the decks feel kind of crappy when you play them. Even yeah. in good meta games, they feel kind of <laughs> crappy. And that's not like a slam on the decks. It's just yeah. like they don't flow nearly as smoothly as a turbo deck. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious to see like the brain map of somebody who plays, you know, different <laughs> decks. Like if you play turbo dark and you get the, you know, 10 energy on the board on the first turn, like <laughs> does your brain like heat up or whatever and you get all the serotonin? Turn off. Or it turns off. <laughs> <laughs> you see no activity anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I think that the turbo portion of that triangle is the most occupied portion at any given tournament. And I'll even more discreetly say that I think Archie's is the most popular deck going into this tournament. I think it is perceived to have the most options. It's generally a popular strategy. People like Archie's. I mean, it makes them feel good and smart. I know I'm even guilty of this. It feels good to get turn on Archie's, you know? You're right. You're right. <laughs> even if it's like just given to you, you just have like... Blastoise comp search in hand, it, like <laughs> it still feels good. To get right, it, right, right. Even if you didn't have to work for it, it still feels good. <laughs> <laughs> it still feels good. So I think generally it's a strategy people like, and they like the doing a lot of damage. They like Espeon Deoxys. So I mean, I I can't see it not being the most popular deck. And then I I think generally though, Turbo decks will all occupy a large amount of the meta game with with Dark maybe being just behind RGs. Interesting. And then do you think, do you think that triangle like kind of shifts a little bit as you get deeper into the tournament? Cause I, I would definitely say so. If you, if you say like going into the tournament, you look at the deck breakdown, turbo decks are at the top and, you know, maybe control decks are, are you know, closer to the bottom in terms of the representation in the tournament. And then I kind of feel like that over time, you know, drastically changes where you see, you know, maybe not so many turbo decks making the second day and you maybe only question whether they made day two because they were just so heavily played. I think proportionally to the decks, this, I mean, this is, I think a typical mainstay in almost every tournament is that turbo decks will usually be among the most popular, um, but proportionally representation will favor slower control decks. Um, and I think it's a combination of things. I think those decks usually find themselves in good metagames when they're actually played. Um, and I think typically those decks are played by by very capable players, right? People who are comfortable with these decks, who know the metagame that they're going into, 
and they're choosing specifically to go with that approach. So they typically will have deeper runs in the tournaments, whereas a turbo deck, there's, you know, you can hit all sorts of crazy stuff and like all of a sudden your rails fall off and, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere. Sure. Um, and, you know, all sorts of newer, you know, if I was to recommend a, a deck for a brand new player to play for this tournament, I would say, hey, play Turbo Dark, you know, you know, you just attach the energy. <laughs> right, right, right. You're just kind of rolling the dice in a sense. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, that brings me to another question for you, Riley, is like, let's say you're a newer player or maybe even not a newer player, but you just haven't played Expanded and you're planning on going to Virginia, you're planning on going to Portland. Oh, by the way, hello to Tricky Jim, who just raided. Thank you, guys. Um, but you're a newer player or new to expanded and you hear us talking and we say, okay, well, you know, we think that over time control decks, you know, do better proportionally. Um, that makes you think, okay, maybe I want to play a control deck. You know, what advice would you have to that player who kind of hears that, oh, control is really good and, and control wins. I should play a control deck. What would, what would you say to that person? I don't think that's the objective mindset to take. Uh, for a couple reasons. First, I think there are certain decks that just kind of hate on control decks and kind of can push them out of the meta. So not necessarily out of the meta, but out of their final tournament run. So we saw this really well illustrated in Hartford, where a lot of the Zoro Toad people did really, really well, but the Rayquaza deck ended up winning the tournament just because it was so, so good into Zoro Toad, just obliterated the deck. And so it's not necessarily about control decks being good or not in the meta it's like you have to pick the deck that's right for you and so getting back to my original point if you are not familiar with control and the strategy um and you haven't practiced a lot into a lot of different matchups because practicing control some decks you can practice in just a couple matchups and get a good feel for how the deck works mm -hmm. whereas control especially in expanded where every deck functions very differently you need to be comfortable with all those different situations. So if you haven't already practiced control, you know, we're three days out from a tournament, it seems too late unless you're unless you're generally very comfortable with those archetypes to start with. So yeah, especially in expanded, I think it's dangerous to just pick up control with no experience. Maybe in standard it's a little different because the control decks usually are more uh auto winny, I guess, where you know they pick they pick matchups and kind of just win them. Sure. Uh, and, but and you also have, have very elaborate strategies. And you also have more time in standard. I think we would agree. It might not be that much more time, but you maybe get a turn or two extra. Whereas in expanded, it's like, go, go, go right from the start, you know, right, <laughs> right from the gate, you are on the back foot with a turbo deck. You have to play from behind almost from your second turn on, you know, uh, and exactly. that can be difficult. That can be difficult because you, you really have much less margin for error in expanded. I feel like. Totally. Yeah. So I wouldn't recommend someone just pick it up out of the blue just because they hear it's good. You know, play the play the deck that's good for you, not the deck that's that's good. Um, because Expanded has such a wide variety of strategies, I don't think you should pigeonhole yourself so easily, especially into something like Control. Yeah, for sure. Good advice. Uh, I would say for me going into this regionals, I kind of would echo a lot of what you've been saying in terms of what do I feel like will be the most played. So Archie's, I, I think that's kind of this wild card. I feel like personally for me in my testing, I haven't found that Archie's has been consistent enough to necessitate me playing it in a tournament. Like I just don't feel like the deck can go the distance. You know, it certainly has in the past, but 
I don't feel like it's gotten any more consistent. Um, and it just, for me, when I play it, it, it just, I may win, but it always feels kind of awkward. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of ways to disrupt it. Item lock being one of them. I would say that, you know, Turbo Dark obviously has been hyped. And I think for good reason, it's just a very like straightforward, you can solitaire the deck. So I think it's uh, very um, easy for, for a new player or even somebody that just doesn't play a lot to pick it up. And then I would say like a third deck would have to be, um, yeah, I would just say Zorgar. Like that seems to be like a fallback that a lot of people have. And I've kind of found myself coming back to Zorgar. Like, oh, this seems really, really good right now. Um, <laughs> even, you know, even if it is under the radar, it just seems like it has a lot of answers to a lot of things. Yeah, it's crazy too because the deck didn't feel like it was talked about at all for the first, you know, probably month of expanded being talked about, and then more recently in the past couple of weeks, it slowly crept back up on people's radars as you know, hey, hey, Garbodor is good, right? Yeah, <laughs> Zart's good, right? <laughs> Double colorless energy—that's a card. That's a good card. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see what happens this week. I, I I'm curious to hear though, Riley, what are your predictions? For the weekend you know what what do you predict being you know the top eight breakdown what do you predict doing well i definitely think an rts will make it all the way to top eight but probably only one maybe two um just by the nature of the deck it's so hard to get a really consistent long run with the deck you know even with really phenomenal players when azul won with archies all of the VVG team played it, and a lot of them fell off either in day one or midway through day two, and they just would suddenly pick up a bunch of losses out of nowhere. Um, and I think that's kind of the nature of the deck, whereas even if it's good enough to win the tournament, it uh, isn't good enough to win the tournament for more than one person. <laughs> so. Well, that I mean, that's true, though, with any deck, right? Because only one person can win. Well, no, because... <laughs> Let's say, you know, there's some decks that are so crazy that like everyone who's playing it has a good chance to win the tournament, you know? Yeah. Um, some of those Zoro Toad decks was a good example of it where they would, a bunch of them would make top eight and they'd kind of just slaughter each other towards the end. Sure. Whereas like Archie's is only good enough to bring one person to the end of a tournament <laughs> <laughs> out of everyone who plays it. Right, right. Exactly. Um, but I do think an Archie's will make cut, will have a deep run. Um, and I think probably one of their turbo deck be it another Archie's deck or some sort of dark deck will probably make it that far. Um, and then we'll probably see a couple Zorak decks, a mixture of Zoro Garbs and Controls, if I had to guess. And then some more off-the-beat control decks will probably make it. And then some random deck that no, I can't even predict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, That is another question I had for you is like, you know, you say you can't predict, but like, what are some of the out there concepts that you think somebody will bring to to the regionals um it's really hard to say because i haven't put a ton of time into those strategies um some more more common ones i would say could be the like a mewtwo lock kind of deck with honch crow kind of stuff going on and that has the potential to win i mean it can that's the kind of deck that has the potential to just win the whole tournament by being crazy and stomping on everything the whole way through. So that's an option. Um, another kind of strategy that could occupy that space is um, 
I'm trying to think like I'm trying to think like what kind of wacky stuff there even is. Um, like Gardevoir decks, Gardi Sylveon decks. I've seen a couple of those online with uh, Aromatisse to move energy around. And I'm sorry, my camera uh, seems to be failing me right now. Um, and then I've also seen random like welder decks with random receivers and like power plants and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And I don't think that's a horrible idea either. I mean, Silent Lab is really, really good and expanded right now. Yeah. So power plants as well. Um, so I think some deck that abuses something like that, either with, with a big tanky Pokemon or with just kind of some sort of consistent weldery deck, there's something along those lines that could succeed with heavy labs and plants. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think to some extent, you know, just because plants and lab are, they're just such good cards, I think in the expanded metagame. Um, I, I would say I don't foresee a welder deck doing that well just because there is more hand disruption in expanded and more good hand disruption specifically n uh, is really a great hand disruption card um and so i would say that just the later on in the game that it gets i don't think that a that a welder deck can build up that big of a board before they get end to survive that end um but my favorite decks you asked me for crazy things i think could pop up <laughs> for sure absolutely absolutely no i'm just i'm just saying for people that you know maybe looking into fire or maybe thinking about bringing a welder deck i would just say you know what n is a powerful master and so just be prepared to kind of lose those games because well you got n to two and oh you didn't hit your draw supporter uh, or another fire it's just so conditional those welder decks uh we have some comments here in the chat alolan eggs vile plume that's an interesting thought. Vile Plume, I think, is something that people are kind of skirting around uh, in the sense that, yes, everybody's including hoods in their deck, but it doesn't feel like they're really respecting the Burning Shadows Vile Plume. Like, truly, it just kind of feels like, oh, yeah, you know, I have an extra space. Like, I'll throw in a hood or um, <laughs> I'll put in two hoods because it seems like the right thing to do. Do you think that Vile Plume has a chance in this in this metagame and at this regionals? Um, I don't know if Burning Shadows Plume has enough by itself, but if you can get it out alongside Item Plume, it seems like that would be a lot for a lot of decks to overcome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Would you play that just straight up like grass attackers? Like, would you play that with Mewtwo? I know some people are talking about Mewtwo Vile Plume. Kind of how would you conceptualize a Vile Plume deck? I've seen it played two ways. Um, I've seen kind of Mewtwo with Egg Rowlet, and I've seen just straight up Egg Rowlet. Um, the one time I played against a straight Egg Rowlet version online, it was like a Turbo-y version, and they accidentally drew so many cards, they drew all of their Vile pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very funny. Um, buddy, 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 buddy. And then there's, yeah, Jolly Flying Man also brings up that Sceptile Plume deck from last year. I don't know if Sceptile Plume is in the best place anymore, especially with the evolutionary attack on the Egg Rowlet. It's mm. really, really strong, actually. Mm. So I think if I had to choose between Mewtwo and Egg Rowlet, I think I would go in like an Egg direction, just because I think that deck can better abuse disruption. Sure. Whereas Mewtwo, I mean, I think Silent Lab and Power Plant are two of the strongest cards in the expanded format right now on the low key. But Mewtwo can't use those, obviously. <laughs> right, right, right. 
absolutely. Um, interesting, interesting. So what would you say, you know, we've talked about Sonnet Lab and, uh, and um, Power Plant. I would say that those are like cards that are just incredibly strong right now. I would just say that they're insanely strong against Turbo decks. They're insanely strong against Mewtwo decks. Um, any deck that uses a, you know, they're great against Zorog decks, uh, the, the Power Plant, uh, obviously, specifically. What do you see as other techs for Expanded that people are going to try to include and for what matchups? Yeah, I think we talked about Hood already popping up in some decks as, I mean, Hood catches a couple different things, catches Garbodor and Muck being the main things you would cut, you would make Hood for. Um, but I think that's a pretty strong card right now. Other techs that come to mind, um, I think Fava is a decent tech as well, just for getting rid of Garbodor consistently, getting rid of other people's hoods. Mm. Um, I've also heard, of, I mean, some people have considered playing the evolutionary advantage or whatever they call it, Bronzor and the Bronzong to kind of deal with those spread options, which isn't a horrible idea. I've thought about like playing a non-Bridget Zerark deck to incorporate those. Um, and to say, hey, you're not going to cross divide me. Sure. <laughs> be gone. Be gone, uh, fool. So that's another another strategy. I think there's just so much in expand. It's really hard to nail down like what the best techs are. I think if your deck can play Wob, that might be one of the strongest techs you can fit right now. Yeah, right. Because it can't be bumped, you know, and it can hardly be like moved around, right? You kind of talked about Repel or Escape Rope and Blastoise. But, I mean, even then, like, if they start a lone Wobbuffet, you can't do any of that either. So I would agree with you that Wobbuffet feels like a very strong card if you can put it into a deck that, you know, obviously it's not going to go into Blastoise because you just really can't afford to start it. But if that you can... Be funny, it would be pretty funny, right? Uh, but if you can afford to play Wobbuffet, you know, we're thinking about, like, uh, the Hitmon Wob, um, and even just as like a one or a two of in like Zorogarb, I think that could be really strong. I, I've even thought about it in Mewtwo, because theoretically you would, you know, hit into something and then you want like a one prize attacker. So like maybe you throw up the Wob and it can use Dimension Valley and attack for one energy. That could be kind of cool. Uh, but if you can afford to fit a Wobbuffet and you have the space for it, that's definitely a tech to consider. I would also say, people are saying it in the chat as well, uh, the Sudowoodo. I've just kind of been talking about this maybe for the last couple of weeks is like Sudowoodo is still very good, especially if you think, and I think, and everybody thinks that Zorgarb is on the up. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely rising up in people's radars and for good reason. Absolutely. Well, good. That, I mean, that seems like a pretty good coverage of uh, what we would expect to see. Yeah. I think one other rogue deck that I actually do want to hit on, um, and I was reminded by someone in chat bringing up Bent Spoon of all cards, <laughs> is I've seen a couple of people talk about Groudon, and I don't think Groudon's actually in the worst place it's ever been. You're right. I would agree. <laughs> you know, you have you have the Wobs. We were just talking about how good a Wob is. Groudon can easily slot in like those other stadiums, like alongside the beaches. You just play. You can play whatever you want, really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, uh, you're right, right. 
It's a huge tanky attacker. It's fighting type. We talked about how good fighting type is. Uh, I mean, who knows? Like maybe Groudon's a thing. I I guess, man. Like I don't know. <laughs> what, what would you say the biggest counters are? I and think it doesn't. The it doesn't even lose. Groudon is afraid of yeah. is consistent like snipe. Sure. So not necessarily Mewtwo esque snipe, but uh, like with the Giratinas, but. If you can cross divide it and do a bunch of damage on the bench, or if you can um, chain Naganadal GX uh, with Blastoise, yep. I think that's what Blast that's what sorry Groudon is afraid of. Sure. But other than that, I mean, but honestly, not, not terribly poised in the metagame. Well, I was gonna say, and honestly, like if the Blastoise player is chaining the Naganadels under Wablock, like they <laughs> exactly. are a genius. Exactly. So like. I don't know. You can you can play your beaches. You can play all these crazy tool cards to deal with all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and then you can addition additionally, like once you're done with beaching up, you can play all these crazy stadiums to deal with all sorts of different strategies. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely interesting. I mean, I honestly, of all the decks that there are in expanded, and there's a good twenty viable decks. I would say uh, Groudon is not one that I put any time into, but you make it sound pretty appealing, Riley. <laughs> I mean, do you even have access to the beaches to test it? Uh, Sean, and I have them on the on the account, so. Oh, your account does have beaches. I do have beaches, yes. One yeah. of the privileged- there was, a, there was a short spree after Dallas when I wanted to buy beaches, but I decided not to, and now they're like double the price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually a little crazy because beach hasn't been in a- winning deck like ever but it keeps going up i know it's just very interesting it's a very weird uh you know little quirk of the the trading card game so yeah red things that come to your mind jw no i would say like vile plume is something interesting i think um but to me it kind of feels like everything is really solidifying around a few big archetypes, those being Archies, uh, Turbo Dark, Zoro Garb, Control Decks, um, and, you know, Mewtwo. I would say those are probably like the top five, pretty much that everyone knows is going to be played in some capacity and in, in a significant capacity. Uh, but beyond that, you really have so many options. We kind of go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, where, you know, you have one deck and it beats this deck and it beats this deck and it beats this deck, and it beats this deck in this kind of triangle, uh, rock, paper, scissors format. So really just, if I had any advice, go with what you're comfortable with. Go with what you know. Don't try to bring anything crazy if you haven't tested it. Don't try to bring anything crazy. Don't listen to the you know advice of your friends when they say the night before, hey, I got this crazy busted deck, <laughs> you know, unless you really know you can trust them. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, if your friend's Jimmy Pendarvis and they come up with some crazy expanded deck, I hope you play it. Tell you what, if Jimmy Pendarvis, you know, comes up to me with the deck and says, you need to play this, and he also plays it, then I will. But that might be the that might be the exception. Uh... <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time we saw an expanded tournament that didn't have, you know, some sort of crazy variable top eight with all sorts of different strategies? It's been a while. Yeah. Pick something consistent, though. <laughs> yeah. Something. I mean, ideally, every deck you play in expanded should be consistent. 
I mean, so that's if, you're, the, if you're making your deck, if you're stretching the limits of your deck to the point where it's not consistent anymore, do you reel it back? Reel it back. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, Riley, I think that that makes for a pretty good episode. We're hitting here on time here, 45 minutes or so. Um, any last words that you want to say? Uh, anything, any last pieces of advice or uh, just anything you want to say in general to the to the audience? No, nah, just everyone do good. Have fun out there. Uh, drink some water. You know, don't get dehydrated at the tournament. And most of all, just... Just have fun, you know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun tournament. It's not gonna be huge in Richmond, but I'm confident that you can perform well as long as you take the deck that feels right to you. You know, trust your heart. Part of the cards for expanded for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I would say uh, to go along with that, don't take the losses too hard because you know we've just been talking about how I've been feeling like a lot of these matchups are a little more polarizing than I would like, and just a little more um, one sided than I would like. Not too much interplay in certain matchups uh just don't take those auto losses or those very difficult matchups to heart you know don't don't be too upset sure. if you if you run into a few decks you know i did that at my last expanded regionals i was like all right hey let's go in with zorark and i just faced like five fighting decks you know and it's <laughs> yeah, like that well, was crazy you know what can you do when fighting was you know so you know minorly represented but i just managed to hit such bad matchups that you know, i don't know if i <laughs> whatever happened like i wasn't gonna win that thing um so it happens just just going to say that it happens and so enjoy yourself enjoy the time that you have with friends yeah and say hi to jw if you go to richmond absolutely and say hi to riley if you're gonna make it out to portland all right guys <laughs> that is gonna do it for our episode tonight i'm sticking around for a little bit of after dark uh so stay tuned for that i'll be right back thank you again riley for being here. And this was my first time hosting. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, you're a pretty cool guy, JW. I'll talk to you all later. Peace. All right. See you guys.